Hello and welcome to the Mindful Coach Podcast. And I'm your host, Brett Hill. I'm a mindful somatic coach and founder of the Mindful Coach Association. I meet a lot of coaches working with the Mindful Coach Association. I'm so inspired by their stories and the courageous work that they're doing that I created this podcast so you can hear them too. If you're aligned with this work, then join us at themindfulcoachassociation.com where you can list your services for absolutely free and receive invitations to community meetings where you can network and meet your colleagues. We hope you'll join us. And now, the Mindful Coach Podcast. So welcome to this edition of the Mindful Coach Podcast. And with me today, I'm so excited for our guest today, who is Heather Gwaltney. She is the founder and CEO of the Center of Mindfulness Business. She resides and works in the Washington, D.C. area. She's got 25 years of experience in private, nonprofit, and public sectors in marketing, communications, and organizational development. She has a long history of bringing her vision to reality. She's directed a documentary even and used in higher education and has authored a self-help book for women. And I love this title. It's like, Be Kind and Take No Shit. She has to, oh, she's taught courses even as an adjunct professor with extensive experience in managing programs, clients, vendors, and teams. She has a master's degree in organizational development and is certified both as a mindfulness meditation teacher and permaculture design. That's amazing. With a 25-year practice in mindfulness meditation, she brings her love for mindfulness and connects it with sustainability in business in order to serve companies and communities worldwide. And so I have to tell you that I intersected her because of um, another colleague in the Mindful Coach Association who clued me into some amazing work that she's doing with a, a venture called the Center for Mindful Business.com, the Center for Mindful Business.com. And this is why I invited her to talk on the program. As you can see, we have a lot to talk about. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you, Brett. It's really nice to be here. It's great to have you on the show. And it's so exciting. It's like you, you've had a very extensive background in lots of different areas from permaculture to organizational development to mindfulness meditation. And now you're working on a whole new venture uh, around uh, the Center for Mindfulness uh, Business, or what was the name? I'm sorry, please forgive me. Center for, Center for Mindful Business. The Center for Mindful Business. And uh, that's an amazing venture that I know a lot of our audience is going to be interested in because uh, the Mindful Coach Association, you know, has a lot of coaches and we're all very interested in how to do business with business. And this is something that you know about. And so I'd be very interested to hear your journey from all that amazing background to creating a venture that helps coaches do business with business. So did I, did, do I have that right? Is that what that's about? Right. Yes. We uh, bridge people who are professionals in the wellness arena with clients. So we get them work and then we also spread the wellness and the sustainability to client organizations. Beautiful. So how did this all come about? Like how you, you, what were you doing before you realized that this needed to be done? And what was the, you know, inflection point that, that got you to actually go and, and create this organization? Good question. There are three things that are, are pivotal here from, from my perspective. 
During my uh, mindfulness meditation teacher certification program, two-year program taught by Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield, mm-hmm. Jack said something in one of the classes that was very um, insightful, and that was that to be more joyful as humans, we should focus on what we love and not what we're trying to change or fight against. And that was very uh, transformative, had shifted my mindset because I've done nonprofit work, I've done advocacy work, and it just feels different to try to push against something than it does to really be in, in things that you enjoy and love. So that was one part. And then in terms of what the organization is modeled after, so if you take the, the things that I love, I love social equity, I love the environment, I love business, and I love money. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really bringing all of these things together in addition to the mindfulness meditation, which I love. Um, so that kind of completes that thought. And then in terms of the um, how the company is modeled, about 10 years ago, I was program director for Sustainable Berkeley. This is in Northern California. And... In that role, we, the city of Berkeley, wanted to be the greenest city in the U.S. And we had this list of the highest energy users in the city of Berkeley. And so we, it was a very targeted audience. We reached out to them and said, hey, look, we are calling from Sustainable Berkeley. We want to be the greenest city in the U.S. We understand that you're one of the highest energy users in the city. Um, Would you be willing to join us in signing a sustainability pledge? And we will help you measure how much energy you're using, how much money you're spending. So we'll help you set a baseline. We'll help you set a goal. And then we will help connect you with resources to reduce your carbon footprint and reduce your costs your financial costs. So um, loved that job. And what we're doing with the the Center for Mindful Business is we're expanding on not just the environmental piece, but also the social equity and the financial sustainability. So then we're talking about the triple bottom line where you have not just financial impact, but the social and environmental impact. So that's, we, we start addressing that in the mindfulness and sustainability course. And then we're in the design phase of a consulting model, a holistic consulting model where we can really help hold the company's hand every step of the way through the process. And then we're going to certify them as a mindful business. So that's one experience that we're modeling the organization after the other experience that we're modeling the organization after is also during that mindfulness meditation teacher program, there were approximately 4,000 students enrolled in this program worldwide. That's a, that's a lot of students. <laughs> it, it is. Jack and Tara have a, an incredible following. And so during the course of the curriculum, a classmate of mine and I realized that there was no content around the workplace. Like how is mindfulness meditation relevant 
in the workplace, not only from a perspective of increasing and cultivating wellness and resilience, but also about things like mental clarity, attention to detail, collaboration, performance, leadership, these very concrete work-related uh, behaviors that companies value. So a classmate of mine and I, we formed a subgroup within the program called Mindfulness and Corporate. And what we did is we formed a community and then we shared uh, business development materials, marketing materials, sales materials, and then invited speakers to, to come every month and talk about issues relating to program development and business development. Mm -hmm. And so we made all, we invited people to join a portal. We made all of those materials and recordings available to people. So now that's part of our free subscription to the Center for Mindful Business. So you, anyone can get a free subscription, centerformindfulbusiness.com forward slash subscribe, and they can access these materials and recordings. And so that um, meeting that you set up was in the context of the mindful meditation trainers teaching program that mindful, so, it's, it's a really long <laughs> mindfulness meditation <laughs> teacher certification program mmtcp okay and so w within that community you started having these meetings and and now you're just you're making that available to people who join mindfulcenterbusiness.com and um, as just a benefit yeah, correct. And we have um, three courses, three tracks. We have a, our own certification. So if people want to get work through us, they become certified to teach the content. And I've, I, I created a curriculum for George Mason University, a um, mindful leadership certification program. So I'm using that content to teach these wellness professionals so that they can deliver the content themselves. So we have three tracks. One track is um, Introduction to Mindfulness at Work. Second track is Mindful Leadership. And the third track is that Mindfulness and Sustainability. And so all of this is available to people who just signed up for the program. And and can how long does it take someone to work through these courses and, um, you know, become uh, certified in your your content, your delivery? Well, if for the wellness professional to be certified, each track, the uh, it's they're pre-recorded so people can watch at their own pace. It's really self-paced. Um, the first two tracks are two and a half hours each. And the third track, which is the most complicated, the sustainability track, that is about six or seven hours. And then there's a one hour teacher training teaching best practices, train mm -hmm. the trainer, teaching best practices, mm -hmm. of course. And, and so people can go through this, and then once they do, um, what happens then? Right. So if they go through all of the tracks and the teacher training program, they take a test. They also take a, street, a screening assessment. They get a mentor meeting with me, and then they interview with with me and, and one of the other founding partners. So that's the process. And they get a certificate. They get a, a teacher certificate, certificate. And then we set up a marketplace. We have a very basic marketplace right now. And we have a profile for them. And then um, 
we're starting now to develop those client relationships to match. Right. And so so you wanted to build the the next arm of the business to like then bring business to your vetted instructors who are using um, material that you've created that you know is solid. So you've got solid instructors, you've got solid material and serving an important need. And so what's not to like about all that, you know, so that's an amazing vision. And so this all came about because you decided, when did you decide this is what needs to happen? Because I'm not quite clear on you. I mean, they said the words to you, you mentioned, you know, you have to do what you love, right? And then you also realized that there was nothing there in the in the material for the uh, program that you took that talks about the business world, and this is you know missing in a lot of a lot of uh, trainings, uh, is because like the Mindful Coach Association, one of the common threads is how do I do marketing? How do I become a more successful coach online? Because one of the things they don't say is that you can have you can be the best coach in the world, but if you don't, people can't find you or people don't want, know how to get connected to you. Um, you can't, or you can't present what you're doing in a way that is appealing to people, then you just kind of, you know, you're sitting in your shop with no customers walking in the door. Right. Right. Well, so I hear you asking two questions or, or, or um, kind of inquiring in two separate areas. One, um, because I've been in corporate America for 25 years, I've, I've seen how miserable and shut down and burnt out <laughs> people are firsthand. So I've had this firsthand experience of the dysfunction of organizations and, and it's everywhere, you know, like some organizations may be healthier than others, but you know, anytime you get a group of people together, <laughs> it can be a shit show yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and with a lot of pressure to perform and, and continuously perform better than you did before. Right. So there's, there's no, there's no uh, ceiling to mm. the pr- productivity. There's you there, you, there's an expectation to sell more, cut more costs deliver more in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. It's just this impossible thing that occurs. Unsustainable. And it's unsustainable. Exactly. And I, and I think it's because we have a focus on the financial bottom line exclusively. That's just the, it's, and these short measures of success. So the way we define success and then in the intervals that we measure success. So, Success is defined as financial return. Okay, that's it, and and it's measured by quarter. It's measured quarterly, and by stock value, um, and by the duration that a C level person is employed within a company. Mm-hmm. So they only care about the company when they're working there. So it could be a year. It could be two years. It could be five, something like that. Yeah. But we need to do two things. We need to define success in a different way, not only financially. Financially is is a big part. It's economics. That's important. But we also need to incorporate the social and environmental pieces. So there's a more balanced, holistic way to define success. And then um, there have there have been a lot of studies done on wellness, mindfulness, meditation, 
sustainability in companies and how it's affecting companies. And what the data is showing is that companies who adopt these practices perform up to three times better than their competitors. So it just takes longer. There's a return on investment, but you measure it three years out, six years out. So the, the, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, that's true. I hear all that. It's like, yes. And uh, you know, the scope for return on investment. But I wonder if we're still not framing the notion of return on investment too narrowly. Like, wouldn't it, what do you think about the idea of re-sculpting what success is? Because I think you, you said this, to, to deal in not only what is um, the money that's made, but the but the human value, the, the value to the culture, the value for the human connection uh, within the organization, and then also from the from the corporation into the community itself, those things don't have dollar amounts associated with them, except indirectly. But they're so tangible in in many other ways and impactful. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So two things about that. There is a huge framework by which metrics are applied for those three categories, the people, planet, profit, global reporting initiative. They're an international organization and they address corporate governance, the reporting side of things, and then the actual initiatives piece and attaching metrics. And I believe you can attach quantifiable metrics to anything, even mm -hmm. the human stuff. Cool. I believe that you can, and that's part of what we are here to do too, nice. is to help with the metrics Nice. and, and speak to people in terms that they relate to, because mm -hmm. I, 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 they are my people in a way. I, I was yeah, there exactly. for a long time, a couple, more than two decades. So I, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the global reporting initiative, the GRI, um, that's what we use in our own uh, sustainability course. We, we help people align those categories with business drivers and key performance indicators. I see. Because so you're helping. And so, so your people, uh, when you say that's what you're aligned with, are you teaching your, your, your coaches? We're this teaching is, now. This is the metric. This is the way you can bring metrics into your, your work. Yes. Oh, fabulous. That's great. And then your consultants that you're working on a consulting arm, you said they'll be able to do that too, as well. Right. When we're, when we have completed the, the consulting model and, and integrated and crystallized it. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, it's so um, impressive that you've, you've stepped into the, this exceptionally challenging and yet vitally needed middle ground that I think of it like that. I think of the space that you're in as, um, I, you know, years ago I did a conference with um, Mark Monobaum of um, Mindful Text, uh, and we were doing a training in mindful organizational facilitation. And in that, we connected and we realized that while we were learning about how to present and shape mindful programs to organizations, there wasn't anything about how to actually go out and get that business. 
And so it's a different model because there's a lot of coaches out there who are who are like, well, I'm a certified coach and I'd like to do business with business, but they don't really understand how that's done. Like, for example, uh, you and I know that, you know, there are buyers for these programs and business that in an organization, you know, they've got lots of different functions and roles and there are people out there, they, they finally, they get a budget and the budget is we're going to use this for some purpose that has to do with mindfulness or mindfulness training or in some some form of you know positive psychology organizational mindfulness they're going to they've got a budget that's earmarked for that and so you're that imagine you're in that seat you're that person who has the job to spend that money where do they go and you know, if I'm that person, then you're going to go to Google and they're going to look for who can I find to teach our organization mindfulness. And they're going to find the like three or four main companies out there that are doing organizational mindfulness. And you've stepped in there to say, we're here to do that as well. And I guess my, my issue so far is that there's really only about three or four choices for these companies in terms of larger organizations. So how do you feel like you're going to like, you know, connect in that context in such a way that organizations can find you and then therefore bring opportunities to your, your, your coaches. Right, right. The business development piece is the million dollar question and it's, it takes about 50% of your effort. Yeah. It's very, it's a whole different skill set. That's one reason why the center for mindful business exists. And my understanding is that's, partially why you all exist too. You're yeah. creating, trying to com- create community and share knowledge and, yes, and tools. Exactly. And stuff yeah. And that's one of the reasons we're talking is I want to share right, what you right. have with my, with the community. Right. So, um, I mean, if I were to recommend someone getting started with trying to understand to wrap their hands around it, I would recommend that they do join your association. If they're, a, if they have a coach, um, focus, and and mindful any kind of mindfulness and organizational practice they can also join our organization and they're both free memberships so it's very mm-hmm. very easy low hanging fruit yeah so yeah. you you provide community we provide some community too we have um the monthly mindful networking sessions which are free and then we have those recordings and the uh materials with business development, program design, that sort of thing. And then if people are able to invest a little bit of money, they can take these classes. Each time they take a track, a a course within the track, they get a certificate of completion. So they become a content expert. Um, So that that gives Mm -hmm. them some knowledge about what they can deliver and um, if then they, if they become certified, then they go on our marketplace and then we match them. So that's the role we play in that um, in terms of individual business development, it is um, you, you, sp- you spend half your, your time developing the business and half your time actually doing the work. And it's so, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's about sales, lead generation, um, understanding the, the client life cycle, what communication channels they use. I mean, it's a, it's a whole, (laughs) I know it's crazy. And the pricing and packaging. Yeah. You have to, it's, that's, that's one reason why we're here because it's so complicated. Yeah. I mean, just, 
just looking at, uh, I just went through a cycle of trying to get some, drive people for registration for my mindful coach method class. And so I was kind of more in the weeds with things like Facebook advertising that I ever want to be. And it's like, oh my God, you know, you, you have to be so many hats and I'm just, you know, and, and, you know, between you and me is sort of people who are trying to like have a, make a difference in the world. It's like, I, I really want to find a way to kind of just unburden the potential out there. Cause I feel like there's that that's, that's basically a tax, if you will, on being an effective coach. It's kind of like, well, I want to be an effective coach, but I spend half my time figuring out how to offer my services and that means I can only work half time. And to be honest with you, when you're first getting started, it's more like 75, 25, because you've got a lot of technical lifting. Like, how do I create a mailing list? How do I put up a lead generation offer? How do I drive people to it? How do I do Facebook advertising? Because all of that is kind of like, that's not what I signed up for when I said, I want to help people. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm right. complaining in a way here, but I'm just, I'm, no, I'm, no, you're, I know you're, I'm, you're, you're, you know, pointing out a pain point that's legitimate and real. So I think people can succeed in three different scenarios. They can either bring mindfulness to their existing coach, coaching practice, perhaps as a therapist or something else that's related, that's more mainstream. They can add the mindfulness piece to what they're already doing. That's one scenario. Another scenario is if they're employed by someone else, and they bring this into the organization. I've seen a lot of people who have started off doing one type of role and then they create this new role within the company. Uh, that's how the, these chief mindfulness officers come into their roles. They usually start mm -hmm. from doing something else in, a, in an organization. And then the third way is by doing, being a consultant, being, uh, developing your own business. So, if you have skill cell um, uh, skills, if you already have a client base, if that's your wheelhouse, mm -hmm. then it's easier for you. But I think it's important for everyone to know what their strengths are and then connect with other people where they need help. So if they if they don't have that client base, if they if they don't like the business and the sales part, they're going to have to partner with someone else who does and maybe make less money than they expect to. So we are, we have a, sh a fee sharing program. So we're, we're doing the, the sales and the business infrastructure, and then we share the client fee with the teacher. Right. And that's why that's in many ways, one of the reasons we're talking is because you are gone uh, out, you, you have put together the infrastructure to do that piece for these coaches. And so that is in a certain way, what we're talking about is like, well, if a coach can step into your program and be, and teach the materials, then um, you, your organization is going to bring business to them. And that vision is really different than a lot of other models. And so it's, 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 it's a much more, how should I say, um, well-aligned and more integrated version of something like working for Upwork or, you know, one of these coaching better up or something uh, where I said, better work. Right? So instead of a coach, that's just kind of making, you know, $60 an hour while they charging 200. Um, 
you're 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 doing meaningful work within the organization and you're being fairly compensated for your expertise but you don't have to do the marketing and that's that's super key super important. as a well, looking, wellness practitioner yeah yeah i'm looking right. to try to figure out something like that for the mindful coach association as well and so you can for members of the mindful coach association they can look for details about uh, you know heather's work in her organization within our portal and also, you're going to be presenting to the organization uh, coming up. And so you can look for details around that as well. So I'm excited about that. So what, what's got you lit up these days about the work that you're doing? What's on your, 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 you know, your learning edge? Like, what are you excited about and, and, you know, curious about? And if you could, like, wave a mag and want to make time for more of something, what would that be? So um, I would say the two things are to deepen my own practice mm. of meditation. I'm, right now I meditate once or twice a day, 20 minutes to an hour each time. And um, I find that when as a business person and as a human being, <laughs> there are so many challenges. And the practice of the mindfulness meditation really is, um, it really helps me cope and gain insight and, and then also be a better leader. That's another hot spot mm. is me trying to learn how to be the best leader uh, that I can be and, and delegating and, and how am I engaging with people and communicating with them and mm. what are my own business practices. And we just, we just hired an outreach associate who is focused on developing these client relationships so that we can match the client with the wellness professional. And that's really exciting she is, she's almost 20 years younger than I am. And she has a lot, so she's a millennial. I'm X gen. So she's lots of energy, really creative. She was actually a student of mine at George Mason university, like 13 years ago. I was, wow, um, that's fine. I was, yeah. And so she's just this beautiful human and she, being around her gets me more excited because I'm a little burnt out. So, you know, you're around younger people. And, and, yeah, um, I hear you. I hear you. Well, that's so yeah. exciting that you're, you're doing that. And I hear, you know, just using the ears that I have listening to you this way, I hear such a, uh, an alignment in you around wanting to do all this with integrity and wanting to be really, you know, effective and be the best person you can be because you believe in your mission and i hope i'm not did i hear did i get that right is it yeah yeah i mean um ethics is one of my cornerstones like we have very specific guiding principles so every time someone comes on board whether they're a founding partner whether they're the outreach associate whether they're a wellness professional that we get work for they have to agree to very specific guiding principles. And um, and then I don't know if you're familiar with the B Corp certification. We yes, are a benefit yes, corporation. Yes. We're, nice. we're, we have uh, benefit corporation status because we serve um, human beings, you know, the greater good. And, um, and then we are also becoming B Corp certified, which is a, a really, really complicated process Mm. Uh, you need 80 points to be certified. I think we have 42. 
Um, but we've been around for a year and a half, two years. So we're a fledgling. We're still considered a startup. Yeah. And we're just doing the best we can. Well, so we yes, exactly. Aren't we all, right? <laughs> right. Hopefully, right? <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to get through the conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of our members uh, so beautifully said, my work is the conversation I'm having right now. And I just really, really love that so much. And so, uh, so oh my gosh, I'm so excited for the, the work that you're doing and for exploring, you know, intersections between the Mindful Coach Association and your organization. And I just want to, you know, encourage all the listeners to go out and um, take a look at your your offerings at centerformindfulbusiness.com, centerformindfulbusiness.com. And connect with Heather and her uh, fabulous work that she's doing. And, you know, is there any other way that people can reach you? People reach out to you? How can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn. That's a good way to connect with me personally in a professional context. We have um, a Facebook page. We have Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram. So we have a we'll handful. Post all of those links. Things. We'll post all those links in the show notes so people can find them right away. Yeah. Great. Is there anything else uh, before we leave? Oh, I had one more quick question, and it has to do with mindfulness and coaching. It's kind of like, you know, because we're the Mindful Coach Association. So can you say a couple of words around what you believe mindfulness brings to a professional coach? <laughs> Wow, how much time do you have? I think <laughs> well, we can take I, another five minutes. <laughs> well, because I'm a mindfulness practitioner, um, and I have been for 25, over 25 years, I'm a true believer. You know, I'm drinking mm. the Kool-Aid, I'm <laughs> cooking the Kool-Aid, I'm serving the Kool-Aid. So um, I think that as a human I think, I think anyone and everyone benefits from some form of meditation. Mm. So, and, and that there, there are health benefits. There are joy benefits. <laughs> there are so many benefits that um, I, and, and that's why I'm, I want to spread it. I want to get people meditating. And as a coach, for coaching, you're kind of in a healer role. You're yeah. you're supporting other people. So the mindfulness meditation helps you with your boundaries, with your own health and wellness and joy. So it's healthy for you to practice as a as a um, coach. And then it's another tool. If you learn how to deliver it, it's another tool you can offer your clients. Um, so that they can cope with their stress and their health issues and their sense of wellness and joy and resiliency. So, um, mm, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. I mean, I, that's a question I'm going to start folding into these conversations since this is the Mindful Coach Podcast. Um, so thank you once again for the fabulous work that you're doing for your vision. And, you know, we had a conversation earlier and it's like a, I have a special place in my heart for the people in the mindfulness world who get things done. Um, and so there, there's, a, a, there's a lot of people who are 
really, really good coaches and really great at what they do. And also just people who don't really want to coach, but they're just mindful and present. And that, that in itself, I think, helps elevate the the world and they help make the world a better place. And then there's a small percentage of people who are out there building programs, structures that really make a difference in people's lives. And you are in that elite group. And I just want to say thank you so much for being brave enough to step into that and being the kind of person who is heeding the call. It really makes, it really matters. And I'm wishing you great, good success, grace, and wellness in your in your future and adventures. Uh, thank you. Likewise. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. All right. Take good care, Brett. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this edition of the Mindful Coach Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this presentation. And if you did, follow us and leave us a review. If you're a coach or helping professional that values mindfulness in your work, browse over to mindfulcoachassociation.com and create a free community profile describing your services so the world can find you. And you'll be invited to exclusive community meetings where you can meet your colleague. I'm your host, Brett Hill, founder of the Mindful Coach Association, coach and coach trainer teaching the Mindful Coach Method. You can find out more about me at themindfulcoach.com. Until next time, stay present.